Hello, my friend. I wanted to jump in really quick before this episode starts for the first announcement of the Dry January Kickstarter, my 30-day boot camp. If you did this with me last year, you know how amazing it was. So of course, we're doing it again. And you know, I believe mastering your recovery is how you master your life. Because with the skills you learn when you're on a personal development path, you can master every area of your life. So join me in this dry January Kickstarter 30-day boot camp. It starts on January 2nd. It's for you if you're frustrated because you feel like you don't even know where to start or you're trying your best, it's time consuming, you're not getting the results you think you should have. You've tried and failed so many times, you're overwhelmed, this is for you. Or maybe you're crushing it and you're sober a few weeks or a few months already. This is still going to be good for you. This is how you'll want to start your year. I'll be doing live videos every week, personally answering your questions. We're going to do quick fix live chats where I work with people individually to help you with where you're stuck and get you the boost you need to keep pushing. It's going to be amazing. It'll all happen in a pop-up private Facebook group. That just means it only exists for the time of the boot camp and then it goes away again. All you need to do is go to addictionunlimited.com forward slash bootcamp to sign up. Sign up now. Emails will start going out next week to get in the Facebook group when it opens. You guys, this is deep dive recovery stuff and it's 100% free. You heard me right, my friend. It's free. No excuses. Leave your BS at the door because we're getting down and dirty with sobriety addictionunlimited.com forward slash bootcamp. I will put that in the show notes also so you can get there right from your podcast app. And of course, I will post it in the Addiction Unlimited Facebook group also so you can get there straight from the Facebook group. addictionunlimited.com forward slash bootcamp. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Oh, I'm excited about this conversation. This is another little gem that I found on Instagram, and I'm really excited to talk about mindset and recovery and all these things that I love. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on and being willing to have this conversation with me. It's so good to have you here. Yeah. Thank you, Angela. I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you. I was... uh, very surprised when you reached out to me. So I'm really happy to talk about this because I love talking about this in Instagram. Like you said, my name is Lucy. I go by the Sober Brown Queen on Instagram where I talk about my journey, my sobriety journey, and I just share uh, how it has been personally for me in regards to choosing, intentionally choosing not to drink again ever in my life. Now I can say that confidently, but I can tell you when I first started, I did not think I was going to say that, that I do not want to drink ever again in my life. And it's been, you know what, Angela, actually, I was just thinking about this. 
it was 500 days yesterday so that's about an year and um an year in five months that uh i stopped drinking it was like what a wonderful milestone to share with you yeah. and everybody else it's incredible. It, at some point, I feel like it just starts going so fast, you know, mm-hmm. that you kind of, that you do kind of lose track a little bit. And I know even for me in the beginning, I, I was so conscious of my days. And mm-hmm. I remember one time sitting in a meeting next to this kid who was way younger than me. I was 33 when I got sober. He was probably 21, 22 at the time. Uh-huh. And he was sharing in the meeting and he said he had a year and a half sober. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I was looking at him, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till I have a year and a half sober. <laughs> like it seemed like so long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Literally they said like in the beginning, it will feel like one day at a time. And it is. And I know for me, I used to struggle with that statement. Like, what do you mean? one day at a time I just don't want to think about it at all but in the beginning it kind of feels like that you just have to take it one day at a time and then somehow somewhere it clicks everything gets you know everything makes sense in your head and you just stop thinking about it so for me how I keep track of those days is using an app and then this all these fun milestones come up and I'm like oh my gosh wow it's been 500 days like that's amazing you know, just really that's so great. That's like how far I've come. That's my, that's my achievement for me. It's a dopamine hit. Like, wow, I would not have that yes. 500 days ago that this would be me talking about not drinking. Right. Yeah. I had no expectation. I love that you said too, that it was hard in the beginning to think about not ever drinking again, because that's something that comes up in my Facebook group, especially that comes up over and over again. People are like thinking about forever. Like it freaks me out. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily have that experience because I think I was so grateful to finally have backed myself into a corner that like I had to do it and I had to take it seriously. I was really grateful at the thought of never drinking again. I was like, yes, please. Like, I am so done with this drama. But that's not everybody's experience. So I appreciate you sharing that, that it is hard to think in those terms from the Mm -hmm. beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I'm also just a little bit like you. For me, forever felt like really long. And I was a little scared that I was not going to make it forever. But the thought of how my life could potentially be if I never drank again. That thought was so much more comforting and reassuring to me to think that I can go through life not drinking because I had tried many times in the past and I had seen what alcohol was doing to me and I did not like it at all. And one of those things that for me that was really hard is that I I look at my life and I see like my life is awesome. <laughs> life does not suck actually. I have a pretty good career. I have a wonderful husband. I have children. So there was nothing really that was wrong in my life that was horrible that I had to stop. But it's how alcohol made me feel. Alcohol made me feel like crap. Alcohol made me feel uh, ashamed, like I couldn't get over it. So the thought of leaving my life alcohol-free was really great for me. But because I had never done this before and because I had tried again, like sometime in the past, and I always went back to it. Ah, that was just that thought, like, oh gosh, I hope this is not another one of those times. But this time I am doing it. And I actually made that decision on my bed. 
it's just a random Friday and I tell about this a little bit on my page and I was just sitting in my bed on a Friday evening I'd been drinking bottles of wine it was July 4th weekend I was just drinking constantly you know it's fun everybody's drinking but after July 4th I was drinking like five six days straight wine of wine every day every day a bottle or two of wine just in the evening chilling and I was feeling horrible like at the sixth day I just thought about like this this is no way I have to I'm going to live like this I can't live like this anymore and at that moment just making that clear decision I have drunk enough there's no amount of alcohol in this world that will make me feel whole or will feel anything that I'm trying to feel. There's nothing. It's, it's not, it's not going to work for me living like this uh, anymore. And I made a decision then, there, then and there. I'm done. I'm done. That's it. And every day since then, it's like, wow. I had all these evidence. I don't wake up feeling like crap, you know? <laughs> there's so much freedom in making that decision and you also do create kind of alcohol can be its own little prison right it really mm, does totally. steal a lot of your freedom in many many ways and i think i know for me it took me a while to start mm -hmm. to connect those dots and mm -hmm. see how significant it had really become in my life. So I think mm -hmm. maybe that's a little down the road that you start to see that. But man, it's crazy just how committed I was to it and the level of mm. sacrifice I was willing to make mm -hmm. for my drinking, like mm -hmm. sacrificing myself, my integrity, my honesty, my confidence, right? Jobs, mm -hmm. relationships, like I really sacrificing my time, like everything, alcohol always kind of came first. Yeah, like all, like my, yeah, I get what you're saying because it's almost like alcohol is in the middle and I, my life is scheduled around alcohol. So you, yes. are we going to hang out on Saturday night? Yes. Is alcohol going to be involved? I am coming. Then that's a, <laughs> that's a prerequisite, you know, like everything was for me was scheduled around alcohol. And once I removed that, it's like I didn't, I was talking to somebody else the other day. It's like, I did not have to add, add anything in my life for me to feel so great. Because right now yeah. I feel great. I feel yeah. wonderful. Like my mood is good most of the time, you know, there's moments where we don't feel so good. But once I removed alcohol and now it's just me center stage, I feel awesome. I sleep well. That's That was one of my, uh, like my triggers. Like, oh, I, I want to have a glass of wine so I can go to sleep. I'm mm -hmm. not resting very well at night. I wonder why it was because of the alcohol. But for mm -hmm. me, that was my reason to drink. But once I stopped drinking, I sleep great. Like I go to the bed. I am tired. I am ready to sleep on Friday night at 9 p.m. And I wake up on early Saturday morning and I'm ready to go. And that's the best feeling in the world to have that free extra time when I'm not working, yeah. when I'm not out there doing business. It's just, I feel rested. I feel rejuvenated. It's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah amen to mm -hmm. that. So you love to talk about the mindset side mm -hmm. of recovery. And I would mm -hmm. love for you to get into that a little bit for the listeners and talk about that passion for you and how that really came about. Like, how did that become your passion? Yeah. So... <clears throat> 
I, I think I think about this in the way that 80% of not drinking starts in the mind first. If you go into not drinking and you're thinking about or any substance or anything, and you're already thinking that uh, this is going to be hard, this is miserable, I feel deprived, I'm losing, it's not going to work. It may work for a while, but it's not going to work uh, in the long term, long term well-being, long term wellness. And so for me, the decision to make a clear, very clear decision in my head that I was done. There was no ifs about it. There was no but. There was no, okay, what if you have just one? Because I think the battle with moderation for me did not work. Trying to have a little bit and trying to count how many drinks have I had, that did not work for me. I was done. So the clear, wholehearted decision really helped my mindset to know that there was no room for just a little bit, for just a little one. I was willing to go through that and experience life, have fun without alcohol, do any kind of life experience without alcohol. Like, what what is that possibility? And because of that clear mindset, then I was able to navigate through not drinking so much easier because I know I get this question like, what do you do when you get cravings? But, you know, I just want half a shot. That will make me feel better. I'm like, yeah, I get that. I can't really talk to you about moderating, but I can talk to you about making a very clear decision and deciding to stick with it because then that's when for me all the magic happens. That life of the maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe at Thanksgiving, maybe at my birthday, was not going to work for me. So the clear decision is really what made me uh, have that strong mindset. And I wasn't like that in the beginning. There's a book that I read. It's called uh, Control Alcohol. Uh, this Naked Mind Control Alcohol by Annie Grace. That book really did it for me. It changed me. Uh, it helped me change a lot of my mindset about what alcohol really is and how it affects my life. So that was good. That was good in terms of changing my mindset about alcohol. It's so true. And I, for me, like everything you're saying is so right on and mm -hmm. a, a lot similar to my experience also because I felt like, first of all, moderation was a ridiculous attempt for me because <laughs> When I get really honest with myself, I had no desire to drink moderately, mm -hmm. right? I didn't mm -hmm. enjoy drinking in moderation. That's not how I drink, right? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of dumb to begin with because mm -hmm. my moderation wasn't even moderation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like once, once I made the decision that I'm not having any mm – -hmm that I didn't have to continue making that decision over and over and, and over. Yeah. Right? I wasn't in the indecision, one foot yeah. in and one foot out. Yeah. Like I decided like I'm not having any period. So yeah. whenever a thought would creep in or a craving of any sort, it was just, well, we don't drink anymore. Like figure something else out. It wasn't, are we going to, are we not? Can we get away with it? Maybe it'll be different this time. I wasn't stuck in all of that indecision. Mm -hmm. It was just, no, we're not having any, so figure out something else. There mm -hmm. has to be another solution. Yeah. I love that because then you just uh, give your brain that capacity to think about what else are we going to do? Because we are not drinking tonight. It is Friday night. Yep. It is Saturday night. 
what are we doing? So I got on my calendar in the beginning and I scheduled all kinds of activities. I have three children. It, it was a wonderful thing that I decided to stop drinking during summer. So the weather was good and we could do all of these activities outside. So I knew one of my main triggers was Friday nights. After work, there's nothing to do. It's Saturday tomorrow. We don't have to do anything, you know, huge unless it revolves around alcohol. That was great. Mm -hmm. But so that was my, uh, my triggers, my, my reasons to drink the weekend. So now, because I knew that I planned ahead and I had many fun little activities on my calendar because we were not drinking. Lucy and me are not going to drink. So we yes. went outside with my kids and we did, uh, we went to the, we went to so many parks my kids, I think, think about that time and they were like, mommy was so fun. And that's one of the things that I, I never really heard from my kids because a lot of my activities were revolved around going to meet other adults so we can celebrate and drink. But at that point, mm -hmm. we, went, we visited museums, national parks. We went to, uh, uh, we, we just had a lot of activities that we were doing, yeah? That was my way of not drinking. And then I also made room for myself, self-care, taking care of myself, going, getting my nails done. It really didn't. Somehow, I really never had the time to do those things when I was drinking, <laughs> you know? Right. It's amazing how many things we tell ourselves just to, and we don't get ahead in our life. So I made an intentional time for myself, self-care, take care of myself. Those little uh, dopamine hits, taking care of myself, taking care of my children, being present, being available for them just started giving me enough morale and confidence. Like, wow, look at all of these amazing things. This is great. Mm -hmm. And it just added to the fire of wanting to stay uh, alcohol-free. What has been one of your most challenging times in mm -hmm. sobriety? And how have you stayed sober? I cannot think of one big, huge, challenging thing that has happened so far. And one of the reasons, I think, is because once I stop drinking, all those things that you do not want to do, now they're right there in your face. You have to figure them out, right? So there's not... not um, I don't have down days. Like, so for example, when I was drinking, I had down days when I was recovering, when I was hangover, I couldn't do anything for about two days and I was laying in my bed feeling horrible. Now I don't have to, I don't have those days anymore. So I have had to dig up a lot of um, crap in my life. And one of those mm -hmm. things was my job. What I was doing was very unsatisfying to me. And so one of my reasons for drinking was, oh my gosh, I've had such a rough day, such a long day. I need a drink. Yeah. Uh, I quit. I resigned <laughs> and I found another job. And uh, I was very clear again, when we talk about mindset, I was very clear that I needed to find work that I wanted to do. And, and I'm a nurse. So one of uh, so I, at some point I had been feeling very frustrated and so I found work that I love to do. I found the teaching side of nursing. That mm. set a lot of light bulbs in my mind. I was excited about work. I was looking forward to going to work. So making mindset, again, this is why I love the topic about mindset, making clear decisions. I made the decision that I was going to resign and I found work that was, uh, that was satisfying to me. That was the first major step. I have had a lot in the beginning when I was drinking, we had a lot of challenges in our relationship with my husband because I was over drinking. And so we've been working along all of that. So it's finding all of the 
areas in my life that sucked, kind of, you know, and fixing them and making a decision that I want to fix that. Uh, the relationship with my oldest child, she's 12. So she's seen me. She's seen me drunk. Mm -hmm. She's seen me passed out. She's seen me being an intoxicated mother. She knows the difference mm -hmm. between when I'm drinking and when I'm not drinking. So our relationship was somehow fractured, somehow damaged. Because she, she, we've talked about this with her and she didn't trust me. She couldn't trust me. How do you mm -hmm. trust a person who... In the beginning, like, you know, when you're drinking, you're fine. And uh, four hours later, I'm in a state of blackout. And I don't really quite remember, well, did I feed them that night? Uh, what time did you go to bed? Uh, who took you to bed? You know, I know they're safe. They're in my house. But is, she had no trust in me. Like, I could, um, if I said we were going to do something tomorrow, Saturday morning, she didn't know if I meant that. If it did not revolve around alcohol. So fixing the relationship with my eldest child. Actually, I can say that has been one of the most challenging things for me, but also very rewarding because now we talk. Now, mm -hmm. how I address the topic of uh, alcohol or any drugs is that it's going to be fun. If you do it, it will be. You will feel something. There is a dopamine that gets released when you drink, but it's fake. It's unnatural. It's not normal. And you will get hooked or addicted to that feeling, which is not normal. So we talk a lot with her. And uh, now we're having a relationship that is trusting, is loving. But it is an intentional decision for me to fix that relationship with her. Yeah. Yeah. It's so brave changing jobs too. I mean, rebuilding those relationships is challenging and mm -hmm. time consuming for sure because it does take a while to rebuild the trust. And it's almost right. always the trust, right? That's really mm -hmm. damaged. And mm -hmm. not only in that oftentimes, you know, people are dishonest in their mm -hmm. drinking, but, but also we're just not dependable. Right. And that mm -hmm. damages that trust with our people too. Mm -hmm. And I love that you just quit your job and said, I'm going to find something I love. I mean, that's yeah. so huge. It's one of the things you hear so much about is people being dissatisfied with work. Mm -hmm. But so often we get paralyzed in the fear of changing mm -hmm. that, right? Like, mm -hmm. what would that look like? How would I do that? Could I even find another job? I have to have these benefits and I have to have this paycheck. And, right. and people don't take action, but it's such a joy killer uh -huh. if you are uh -huh. unhappy because you spend so much of your life at work. At work, yes. So you might as well do something that you enjoy doing. I would not have been open to that possibility if I was still drinking. That's Work what I was, was my ask reason you. to drink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a crisis. But once I stopped drinking, then I wanted to go to work. Like you just said, I wanted to have a place that I enjoy going to. And yeah. so I got on the internet, I got on Indeed, and I was just looking and looking and wondering, what, 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 where do I want to go? Where do I want to spend my time doing? I have many choices. I'm going to find it. It was scary, you know, going to the unknown yeah. is scary. But it was either continue living my life, how I was living, or make a decision and just trust the process. And it was actually very good for me because I did find a job yeah. that I love. Mm -hmm. oh, and now so I'm just good. about to change that this is the the crazy thing with me about not drinking it's like you get to experience so much i'm just about to change that and start my own business and i'm really excited but i'm like 
I can do this. I have time. I have energy. I am motivated. It is fun. I can do this. That mindset of not drinking is quite different. I'm a different person. So many wonderful things have happened in my life because I made one decision that I am not having anything to drink, you know, in terms of alcohol. I'm not having it. Yeah. 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 It opens up a whole new world to you. Like Mm -hmm. I always say, like I literally have been two entirely different people in one lifetime, Yeah, you know, because I am every piece of me and who I am as a person is different today than it was when I got sober in 2006. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a whole different human being. That's a long time, Angela. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, It is a long time. Yeah. My sober birthday is in January. January. So yeah. yeah, I have a, a big one coming up. We're going to be 17. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Amazing. crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah. And here I am, 500 days. <laughs> yes. I love that. I exactly it's what you mean. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your favorite mindset I want to say trick maybe or <laughs> or your favorite tactic, technique, strategy. Give the listeners something good. If they want to start working on mindset, where would you tell them to start? Just that one thought of I am not drinking today. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe forever sounds too much. How about just today? I am not drinking today. So because I'm not drinking today, what can I do instead? Where can we go today? What else can I pick on today? And so for me, how I I, I did that is I had two two things. One was easy, fun things, quickly, quick things to do. So things that I could do with my children, things that I could do with myself, self-care. And then I picked one hard thing intentionally. One hard thing that if I achieved it, I think I was just talking about this yesterday, actually, on my Instagram. One hard thing that if I achieved that, that would make me have a a sense, a feeling of accomplishment. And this one hard thing, would uh, I would focus my mind on it. It would occupy my mind. It doesn't make me feel drained. It doesn't make me feel tired, but I'm excited to do it. I picked two things. One was weight loss. I I was about 40 pounds overweight. So I wanted to lose that, uh, I wanted to lose that weight. And then the second thing, which was hard for me, and I say this and sometimes people laugh, but it was my lawn. I picked to nurture my lawn. So I've never really had green grass over the summer. And I thought, this is what I am going to do. I know nothing about gardening. I know nothing about what it takes to have a nice, nourished looking lawn, but I'm going to find out. And I went on the internet and I was looking at all these things, but it occupied my mind so much. It was fun for me. So those were my two things that I was focusing on every day. How do I get my lawn green all through the summer and how do I lose the weight? And those were my hard things. At the end of summer, so I stopped uh, drinking in July. By September, I had lost 10 pounds and then I got my lawn green. But that gave me so much morale and a boost. So for your listeners, what I would advise, pick one, intentionally pick one hard thing to do. Go back to school. Learn a new skill. Start your business that you've always wanted to start. Uh, 
you know, lose weight, practice for the marathon or run a marathon, do something challenging because at the end of it, you will have such a morale boost. You want to keep going. I think this is so important too, because as people with addiction, we have brains that move very fast. Mm -hmm. You know, my brain requires a ton of stimulation. Like Mm -hmm. I need to Mm. be active. I need to be challenged, stimulated. Mm -hmm. I need to be learning. I need to have things to think about. And I Mm -hmm. love that you picked your lawn. That's such a good one, but it really is anything. I mean, it could be anything that just strikes your interest that Mm -hmm. you can channel your energy into. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to always require a bunch of people because I definitely think early in sobriety, I think that it's usually better if your world gets kind of small in the very beginning. Like you don't want to be out a lot of places that are going to be triggering or around a lot of people that are going to be triggering or make you uncomfortable. You just don't want to, you don't want to push yourself in that way, right? Because there's too much to lose. A hundred percent. Yeah. But you got to find ways to channel your energy and stimulate your brain because our brains, if they are not stimulated, they will turn on us in a second. (laughs) Exactly. And they will look for something else to do. Like, uh, you know about that drink. Maybe this is a good time to have that drink. So what else are you doing instead? I love how you talked about that in the early stages. You might want to make your world smaller. Uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that's what I was doing in the beginning. But now I look back at it and I'm glad I did. I had, and I know it's scary to know that maybe you're going to lose a few people in your life. Because most likely you will. But it's okay because then you start to develop really genuine, authentic relationships. But in the beginning there, uh, those triggers, like you were talking about, people that you hang around with all the time, those can be triggers. They may want to make you feel like you want to drink. And so for me in the beginning, I just really wanted things that are, or activities that I could do by myself, with my husband, with my children. And that's Mm -hmm. it. Once Mm -hmm. I got to 60 days, in the begin- uh, for the first two months, I did not tell anyone that I had stopped drinking because I did not want to have to justify my reasons, to explain right. myself, to, to really defend the reason why I'm not drinking anymore because it's not, you know, it wasn't too bad. You're all right. You know, I did not want any of that because I had made my decision not to drink. So in the beginning, it was just me and I doing my lawn outside and trying to lose weight and my husband and my kids. And then after that, once I... So all these wonderful benefits, I was able to talk about it in a very convincing way because I was already convinced that I'm doing this, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And your commitment does change. I mean, I know I had a lot of what you talked about, like in the very beginning, I felt really confident, like I didn't want to drink ever (laughs) again. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm a 12-stepper, right? So I went to AA and I would sit in AA and see all these people, hear people talk about relapsing. So I definitely had enough humility to understand that relapse is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't feel like I wanted to drink, I always had that awareness that mm-hmm. I can relapse just like mm-hmm. other people relapse, right? They're, I'm mm-hmm. not special, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember at 
two weeks sober, I had a moment and I was on a date, a first date. And I had a moment where this, where he looked at me, he's like, I don't know. Cause I had told him I had just quit drinking. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm getting wine. I don't know if I should offer you any. (laughs) No, but in my head, you know, I thought all these things like, well, of course I want him to like me. I want this date to be fun. I want him to want to go out with me again. And then the next thing I thought was, like, I'm not marrying this guy, right? Like, he's yeah. gorgeous, but it's not like we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. So <laughs> I thought, you don't make permanent decisions based on temporary people. Yeah. And oh, so in good. That moment, that's when I think at two weeks sober, that's when I knew. I was committed on a different level. Like yeah. I wasn't going to let anything take me down. And I got very protective of my sobriety. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want anybody near it that didn't support it, love it the way I loved it, mm-hmm. want it for me. I didn't want anybody around it that would threaten it. I didn't want to be in any places that would threaten it. Like I got very protective of my sobriety. And I only wanted to be around people who loved it as much as I did. Exactly. I know. I love that. I, I just absolutely love that. And that is so true for me as well. I cannot endanger or I cannot put my sobriety right now on the line anymore. Not at all. So that comes first because I have seen the wonderful things it can do in my life. My wellness comes first. My long-term well-being comes first. And the most amazing thing that I can say right now is that I come first. I had to work through a lot of issues about that. I come first. I matter. And uh, feeling great, feeling awesome for me is really important. So that, yeah, everything you said. Yeah. So good. Okay. Last question. Favorite question. Yes. What is your favorite thing about being a sober person? The relationship with myself. When I was drinking, I know everybody says, oh, you have to love yourself before you love others. Love yourself. And I have to be honest with you, Angela. I had no idea what that meant. I knew I knew intellectually, yeah, that's true. That, but I did not have a relationship with myself at all. And you said, you mentioned this in, uh, at, at some point where you're almost getting to relearn yourself, know yourself as a whole mm-hmm. different person. So after I stopped drinking, mm-hmm. it's like I'm a whole new person and I'm learning this girl. I'm loving on this girl. And this girl is making a lot of decisions and she's honoring those decisions. She's being a dependable person now. She's being reliable. She's showing up in life. She's setting goals. She's achieving goals. She's happy. She's taking care of herself. And now I know what it means when I say I love myself. I I feel it in my bones. I live it. And that's because I choose to, I made a clear decision. I stuck with it. And it has also resulted in a loving, honoring, true, trusting relationship with me. If I got my back, that's all that matters. I got my own back. And because of that, I can do anything I want to do. Because I know I will always get my back. So beautifully said. There is 
something amazing that happens to you as a person when you regain your trust Mm -hmm. in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, in only those of us that have really damaged that trust in ourselves can understand that. But what a beautiful, beautiful thing to really trust yourself and your ability to handle yourself, handle Mm -hmm. your life, make good decisions. You know, a lot of things in life don't freak me out because Mm -hmm. I know even when it's really painful, I know that I will figure it out. I trust me to figure it out out the solution and show up for myself and make it happen. And yeah. I never had that as a drinking person. Yeah, me too. Me too. And that's so empowering because, you know, even if you don't figure it out uh, along the way, you're not going to spend two days drinking it down and, and beating up on yourself and setting yourself back. It's like you rest, you take a moment, you re-strategize, you rethink and you keep moving. And I think that's the good thing with not drinking because you're always moving forward, always moving forward because you don't have a reason to step back a couple of days back or a couple of steps back. Yeah. Yeah. And then also it allowed me to understand too, that I am my only limitation. Oh yeah. Right. Where before I could put that responsibility on alcohol, like I Mm -hmm. knew my drinking was my biggest limitation. And what that allowed me to do was dodge responsibility. Uh Oh, it's because of my drinking. It's the drinking, it's alcoholism, whatever. And then I didn't have to step up and Mm -hmm. actually take responsibility for myself and my life. Right? Yeah. And that's why I said, I I love it so much that I can, I know right now, if I set a goal, I know I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out a way of how, on how to do it and achieve it. And it's going to get done no matter what. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, Lucy, thank you again for coming on and doing this with me. What an incredible conversation. And I hope we have more. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate you and all the work that you do. Since 2006, that's a long time. It is a long time. (laughs) I can't figure out when I got that damn old. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.